Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Ministry Matters podcast. My name is Rowan, and along with my wife, Jill, we serve as the lead pastors of a three-small-location multi-site church, C3 Camden, Picton, and Thoreau in southwestern Sydney and the Illawarra. On this podcast, Jill and I discuss all matters ministry and share some of the things we've learned and are still learning along the way in our 30-plus years of pastoral ministry experience. It's our particular hope that this podcast will be of help to small church pastors and their teams and encourage you to continue to minister effectively to the wonderful people that God has entrusted into your care. that we express on this podcast are our own and not necessarily those of the church or denomination that we're a part of. We'd love to hear from you if you have any feedback, any comments or suggestions on any topics you'd like us to discuss in future episodes. find out more about us or our church, check out the show notes for links to all the relevant socials and websites. So without any further ado, let's get into today's conversation. Hello there and welcome back to Ministry Matters podcast. Great to have you with us today. Hello, everyone. Good to be with you again today for today's episode. Yeah, we're going to be talking today about hot topics. Hot topics. And uh, how we navigate, how we direct, how we manage hot topics in our church, uh, across our leaders, across our teams, how we do that. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, unless you've been living under a rock for the last uh, few years, you'd be vividly aware that in church life, regardless of whether you're a pastor yourself or you're uh, trying to lead a team or a connect group or anything, any any area of leadership or influence in the church, you would be aware that there are certain topics that arouse uh, quite a lot of emotion quite quickly, and it presents with it its own challenges for how do we how do we negotiate that as leaders? And I guess uh, you know probably in this podcast we we're kind of talking to pastors, I guess, in this episode. Um, but if you're on a team or you're leading a, a small group, or you're thinking about this, you will have a context that this will be relevant to you in terms of, um, in terms of how you, how do you negotiate the fact that you've got different people uh, with different perspectives on a whole range of issues in church life and in society and culture. And, and uh, you know, we, we've talked on previous episodes about the importance of diversity so the question is, how do we embrace diversity? Um, where are the boundaries on what's diversity and what's heresy? Mm-hmm. All those kind of things. So they present with them, uh, you know, pretty complex issues because uh, if you, unless you're a narcissist, you don't want to offend people. You don't want to upset people. Mm. You, you want to maintain a degree of what you believe is your conviction but do it in a way that, that allows space. And so I just thought we'd have a conversation around that for the next few minutes as to what are some practical little things you can do uh, to to cultivate that. Yes, yeah, so I guess there's always been hot topics. I mean, we can, I can think of times in the early church where there was hot topics. Certainly was. There's some pretty pretty uh, pretty strong perspectives. Just read Acts 15, read the book of, entire book of Galatians, you'll see that there were very hot topics there. There was there. hot topics and a lot of, uh, well, the letters that were written 
were addressing topics, weren't yep. they? They were addressing things that were going on, divisions and perspectives and where things had gotten off kilter or where, you know, you know where uh, – and, and talking about these kind of things of um, unity and, diver, you know, diversity. Mm-hmm. And so do you think we are in a time now where there is more – like why is this, does it seem a bit more prevalent now, hot topics, than it was maybe a decade or two ago? Right. I, I think a big part of that is as society shifts. So society is moving, uh, you know, politically is moving as a general is moving more to the left, which will mean in, in many areas, not in all areas, because this, this is the thing is that like Christians hold themselves up and, you know, say we're conservative. We are in some areas, but I think there are some things on the left that are fundamental value, which would be regarded as oh, politically left. Oh, jumping straight left. into politics. Yeah, which would be regarded <laughs> as politically left, which are also Christian values, you know, care for the immigrant and the poor and so on, which probably would be more on the left-leaning than the right-leaning. So I don't think, geez, the thing is, this is probably the problem, is that the church has become politicised and polarised, um, whereas I would think that we should be, as leaders, trying to avoid uh, politicising the church. And there'll be people who think you're too left and you're too right and all that sort of stuff. But if you can go, no, I want to stay true to what I feel the convictions of what Jesus is saying. So because uh, because the Christian church, and I'm talking about in uh, in Western countries, especially, um, we are we are moving from the middle and the, not the middle politically, but we are moving from the mainstream to the fringes of society. The churches, the churches. And the church's values and things for so a long. So when you say that, you mean that you know the majority of people in uh, in society, um, you know, don't necessarily affiliate with the church anymore. Less yeah. people. Yeah, yeah. I think that's that's well. We see that statistically in our survey so we, results. So we were mainstream. We said this in the census results, don't we? Yes. So we were, uh, we were, you know, more Christianized nation. We were Christianity. Church attending was mainstream. Yes, even if church, I mean, go back go back to my parents' generation, church attending was mainstream. Mm. Probably our generation, church attending wasn't mainstream, but I think largely church values, right. Christian values were still probably holding a fair amount of sway within society. Now what's happening is some of those values have gone, and Steve McAlpin's got a great book about being the bad guys, which is about this, is I think we've gone from being the good guys to being the bad guys. And so what was regarded as, once mainstream values of society and now are regarded as bigoted or outmoded or outdated. And so what that's done is it's moved the Christian worldview to the fringes. So in that sense, I think hot topics are up for the up for the cards. And and how as Christians we handle that? Because there are numbers of ways as Christian churches and as leaders we can handle that. And I see the full range. I see people just going hammer and tong against it and waging war and saying we've got to fight against this. I personally don't think that's healthy. But I also see the other end of the spectrum is, well, let's just lo- roll down and, and and not have any absolutes and not have any values that we hold dear and just, just give in to everything um, in, the, in the sake of being a nice person. And I don't think that's healthy either, but I do think that, and this isn't supposed to be a, a political episode, this mm-hmm. is just about you as a leader, as a pastor, as a, a connect group leader, um, finding a way to negotiate, well, firstly, what's important to you and then what, what's important to your people and then finding out how you can have that conversation. And, and I guess it's good to assume, sorry, to not assume that we've all, we, all, we all are going to be in agreement on things. Good call. So probably, you know, years back, years back as a young Christian in the late 80s, early 90s for me, we were fairly um, leadership-directed, leadership 
driven, whatever the perspective of the leader was, we sort of thought, well, that needs to be the leader, the perspective we adopt. Uh, and then, you know, we sort of have seen it, we've seen a hyper honor sort of stuff as well, where people think, uh, you know, I, I can't really have an opinion of my own. I have to have the opinion of the the leader and that's the honour if they sort of have seen that as being part of honouring the leader. Yep. And I think, do you think that we have a different perspective now in that we are more, uh, we don't necessarily see that a leader is about telling everybody their, their view and having everybody follow that but more about maybe, which probably was more, case in the early church more about uh somehow not about agreeing on the viewpoint but about being able to love one another and respect one another and have be able to have diverse perspectives and still be a company of people who love jesus and who are following uh the king you know following the ways of the kingdom and following you know um you know having Mm. having the um you know main focus of the gospel as still as the main but, but not allowing necessarily for a greater level of diversity yeah, not in other necessarily areas. agreeing on 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 all the other bits yeah and i think that's the point of what i'm trying to get at with this podcast is that as a leader i think it's important that if you're not prepared for this you'll be led down all kinds of paths you'll have people who think you're uh, you're, you're giving in too much you'll have others who think you're being too hard and too rigid so you need to think through the process and the missing link I think the number one missing link is we have lost the art of healthy communication and disagreement. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think cancel culture has helped has not helped that, and cancel culture is not just a political thing that's on one side or another. I think human nature is I will cancel anybody, I will shut anybody out of my world who disagrees with me. Well, that would have or, been a little bit like what we had in previous decades. We were almost a little bit cancel culture without realizing it. We thought the we church were, well, was because we were like in a bit of a bubble. Correct. We? I think that's but we the only problem. only thought about we only wanted to hear from people who were like minded. Totally. And we all sort of rallied together and thought, "Oh, isn't this wonderful?" But we were really cancelling out anyone who was different. We were we were just watching an episode of the Newsreader, which is a great television show that's on, and we were just saying this is 1987, and mm. we were just realizing some of the things they're talking about in 1987. And we were saying, my goodness, I don't think any of those things would get across the line today because society has shifted so much and for good in many ways, yeah. but society has changed. And so while certain values were regarded as mainstream, uh, we were cancelling others without realising it. And this is human nature. Those in the majority will all always tend to cancel those in the minority, either intentionally or unintentionally. So we're probably putting a barrier in place for those people actually being able to Correct. come to a church. Correct, exactly. We wouldn't have necessarily been able to know what to do with them. No. So that's why I would lean towards, okay, let's go to this different perspective now and go, what can we do to mm-hmm. create environments where we don't cancel one another, where we embrace conversation my friends, most of your young people, most of your people in your church, unless you're living in a you know really deep Bible belt, probably have um, a deep level exposure to worldviews that mm-hmm. are totally counteractive to much of what you would hold as a Christian in your church. Now, the question is, what do we do with that? How do we That's handle that? That's just in that? our family. That's just in our family. That's right. <laughs> so how, what do we do and how, how do we handle that? And I think it, it is... Um, it is first and foremost. It's coming to a recognition that people who disagree with you have a different perspective view. More and more often than not, they're not evil people. There are 
far people on each end of any particular perspective, whether it's political or social or whatever, the, the loudest voices on the top 10% and the bottom 10% are going to make all the noise. But there's a vast majority of people who just are trying to work it out and they've got genuine questions. And so I would say creating a culture in your church or making a decision to make a culture in your church where where, where communication and healthy disagreement and s- safety around asking questions that might be even heretical, but just letting people, giving people the dignity of going, uh, let's just wrestle through the the op- opposite side of that. Mm. I often say to people, I encourage people, imagine you were in back in high school in your high school debate team and you have to argue for a case that present a debate side that you don't agree with. Mm. I think if we can help people to do that, to debate a different side. Like the mock trial. Like a mock trial thing. It forces you to see a different perspective. If nothing else, it might strengthen your perspective, but it'll give you a grace and a compassion and, and actually get you outside your echo chamber. So, you know, I think that kind of healthy conversation, saying to your church in the right appropriate context, saying to your church congregation or to your connect group, you know, maybe tonight's connect group discussion isn't going to be, uh, we're not going to talk about a particular social issue or whatever, but but letting people know that there is safety to talk about it in the right context at the right time and ask questions and not be demonised because they have... Um, that, yeah. a, a different perspective. It's right? a good point for a facilitator of groups, particularly when, when or, when, or if, you know, when you have that forum kind of situation where people are sharing and people are opening up. That uh, it's probably something to you know to think about, isn't it? Of facilitating that kind of discussion is going to mean that there are maybe even you know that there's a, a an agreement of respect. And to listen and to not cut one another off, certain rules of engagement, all that kind kind of thing. Because that's not unique. Paul Paul was facing that constantly in the New Testament. Mm. We've got Jews and Gentiles together in the same church. Yeah, he's they've got very radically different worldviews and political views and all kinds of things. Mm. And he's he's saying, I need you guys to get on with one another. I need you to find a way to to cut each other some slack, even if you disagree. Cut each other some slack. And I think that's that's the healthy thing that is probably missing. And I actually think we as the Christian church champion that because I don't think either when it comes to politics, I don't think either side of that does that well. So let's be the people who are different and allow healthy conversation and actually be inquisitive. Like you keep saying, be curious, not conclusive. If you have a different perspective to you, rather than just being concluded that person's an idiot or that person's evil or that person's a, a you know crazy person, just going, let me be curious. What, what Tell me about what, gives you that perspective we'll be become bigger mm. people we'll become more embracive people embracing of others perspectives so here's just some thoughts i had mm-hmm. written down on this um as a leader the first thing to be asking yourself is what voices are your people listening to we need to know our people before we can disciple them effectively mm-hmm. and people are listening to certain podcasts they're they're listening to certain news channels uh, they're, they're reading certain papers and media sources and so on. Um, all of that, being aware of that, because that is building a narrative that pe- your people that you who they're leave, following on Twitter, who they're following on Twitter, all of that is building a narrative. And um, if you don't know that, so some people will, might be doing listening to voices that are going to be more progressive. Some are listening to voices that are going to be more conservative, and it can often feed in this antagonism. So. Just being aware, asking questions, finding out what people are listening to, what people are watching, what people's worldviews are, what their family of origin is, all of those sorts of things. That's step one. Mm. Rather than just jumping to conclusion, be mm-hmm. curious, find that out. And then and then following on from that is, is you as a leader, what are you listening to? Mm. What voices, what podcasts are you listening to? What perspective have you got? What, <coughs> what social media channels 
are you following? Because that will also do it. And I would say to, as a leader, we don't have the luxury of only listening to one perspective. Mm. I, I remember this last year I, I wanted to subscribe to a news channel online and I didn't really know the difference between them. I just kind of went, oh, whatever, I'll subscribe to anyone. And then I, I realised along the way, oh, okay, that there's, you know, it's actually known, you know, the different print media uh, organisations, you can Google them and find out what, what their angle is. Oh, yes. And I realised pretty quickly, oh, all these articles are all geared towards the same perspective. Yep. And then I went, okay, it's, that's what this paper's There's does. a great website called Media Bias Fact Check. Yeah. Just Google So I was that. just going to say to you and so then I said, I stopped subscribing to that one after a while so I got sick of just always hearing the same thing. Uh, but I was going to ask you, and I do subscribe to my local my local rag, the Lillawarra Mercury, because well, it's my one and I know local perspectives. You want to know in your local community, but, yeah. um, but as for that, as for the big, you know, the, the big media, you know, what's going on and the big issues, what's that one that you that you listened to that you've subscribed uh, to? I, I recommend The Conversation. The Conversation. It's, it's, it's free. You can, it's, a, it's not driven by a media company, so mm. they use experts and it, and big media is about big is about power. It's about and power and politics money. and money and yep. it's and succession. all about joke, influence. Joke. Yeah, exactly. And uh, you can't rely on it. No, you no, can't there's, rely on there's the truth. No, that's right. So if you can find something, or at least, so I recommend the conversation because it is, and it's recognised as being middle of the road. So it's, mm. it, it uses a, it doesn't use loaded language. They they state facts, not opinion, as much, and so on. Or if they they're making an opinion, they'll tell you. So it's a useful tool. The other way around it is to actually force yourself to listen to the different other perspectives. Side. I was going so oh, to say that, that could be the other thing is have a couple exactly, of different Exactly. If you're listening to a Murdoch news thing, mm. find one on the opposite side and listen yeah. to that. Yep. So you actually force yourself outside your echo chamber. The echo chamber, what a lot of people don't understand is when it comes to social media, it's mm. all about money too. Mm-hmm. So the algorithms within Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and so on, they will keep feeding you more of the same thing because they want to keep you on their page and so the money is because it makes money, money like, out of the advertising. Um, fashion. It's fashion for you. Yes, right. <laughs> fashion we, we, ads and, and holiday ads at the moment. Holiday ads. There you go. And we all know, don't we, that you know we say, oh, how is it that they know? It's because the algorithm is working to keep you to generate money. It's all money based. Mm. So you need to do what you can to force yourself outside your own echo chamber. Um, if you don't, you all of us will find ourselves buying into whatever narrative we're hearing. It's impossible for us not to because mm. it sounds reasonable. So we have to force ourselves and we have to have conversation. So if we have a certain perspective about something, I'd say this too, whether it's a perspective about a different ethnic group or a different socioeconomic group. Mm-hmm. You know, if, you're, um, if, you, if you come from a higher socioeconomic group and you have a tendency to look down on people from lower socioeconomic groups, I would say something as simple as have you had a conversation have you sought out somebody who has come from the other side of the tracks? And same goes for if you've come from a lower socioeconomic group, rather than just assuming that all rich people are all bigots, yeah. have you, wherever you sit, mm-hmm. could you source out someone and have a conversation with them? Say, can I shout you a coffee? Um, or if you're on the you know, lower end, ask them to shout <laughs> you a coffee. But, you know, could I have a conversation yeah. with you? I'd love to learn. Genuinely listen. Hear and your story and listen. And I think... Um, I think that's a good next step. So who are you, who are your peace people listening to? Who are you listening to? Have you had conversations? Have you forced yourself outside mm-hmm. your echo chamber? If you don't, then you will be stuck in that. <coughs> and what will end up happening is you'll end up limiting your world. And we had this during COVID. I mean, if you're a church pastor, you know almost 
certainly that you had people who joined your church because you were pro-vax or anti-vax or you had other people who left your church because you were pro-vax or anti-vax or or whatever um or you know we had people who thought we, we were trying to hold a middle of the ground <laughs> road where we wanted to not not have perspective too much we still didn't please everybody and so regardless of where you fit on these issues you will um alienate some and you will yeah. win some yeah so you don't want to be a leader who um, just tries to win people who you you, you know you think you might have grown the church because you've won people for a certain perspective. But if they're united, if you've if you've won them because they're united against something, then when that thing they're united against is no longer an issue, they're not united for anything. So well, that's you, interesting because it makes me think it's a little bit like walking the narrow road, isn't it? And going well, you know, it can be easy. It could be easier to talk thing to talk about things all the time that are pe- going to be people pleasing to talk about popular topics, to talk about things that people are going to like, to, to, to what's the word, what's the scripture say, to... Um, tickle their ears. Tickle their ears. Is that ears. what you were saying? Yep. I was going to say prickle, but it was nearly Prickle the ears. <laughs> to tickle the tickle ears. Tickle the ears. And, and to a degree you can bring in great, pre, you know, you could bring in really dynamic preachers who preach great stuff who make people feel good. And you might draw the crowds. And I don't want to sound judgy, but I we just have gone, look, we have to stick to our convictions yeah. of what we think is the truth and what we stand on and what we believe is good uh, is is you know is is good, the good way for us totally in the you know the slow slow and steady discipling people integrity um, helping people to think through these things etc. So anyway, back to what you're no, saying. No, well that's spot on. It actually leads to my next point on my notes here, which was. Um, you know, you need to know, you need to form up a list of what mountains you're going to die on. Because mm-hmm. if you, saying go, if you, if you, you know, fall for nothing, you'll fall, for, what is it? You'll, you know, you don't stand for anything, you'll fall for it. You stand right. for something, you'll fall for anything. I've got to write a minute. I'm not sure. Yeah, stand, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. Okay. So I think as a leader, and, and this isn't about you deciding, you know, you don't have to have the same mountains as I have. Some people will have more mountains to die on than others. It's what you're called to as it's well. It's what you're it? called to. It's your conviction. It's it's in good faith as a leader. What are the things that you go, these are absolutes and these yeah. things are maybe open-handed issues. What's a closed-handed issue and what's an open-handed mm-hmm. issue? And, and I, will, I know my tendency will be to have more open-handed issues mm-hmm. Than many people, so some people will think, oh, you know, you're being a bit too woke because you're open-handed on certain issues. I know that's my tendency, mm. so because of that, I probably need to pull back to more the conservative end. Whereas others will go, no, I, I, I'm holding everything loose, everything tight. And maybe if you know that's your tendency, be willing to open up, but go theologically as a leader, you have a responsibility to guard the truth, speak the truth in love. Mm. Paul says, so you mm-hmm. need to know, okay, well, what is the truth? What is the things that I hold dear, that my team hold dear? You know, what what are we going to maintain as absolutes and be be aware of those things but then not not just say okay they're my absolutes i'm just going to demonize anybody who disagrees but take those absolutes and go now let's assume that there are christians people who have a different view on me on this they don't think it's an absolute or they have a different perspective to me but they're not evil people let's assume there are people out there who genuinely mm-hmm. i would disagree with 100 but i believe i know that they believe they're doing the right thing so then argue that side so that at least rather than just dismissing it, you have forced yourself to argue the other side. It's amazing how many times you might go, hey, I don't agree with you on that, but I respect you as a person that you have made it what you believe is the decision and I honour you in that decision. I may not agree with it, but that in itself is unity. Unity does not require uniformity. Unity can still allow diversity. So you might think, well, these are the important things for my church and our church, 
but they might not be important for others. So you might be able to go, okay, well, yeah. there are other people out there who in all good conviction, we don't agree with them, but they believe this. So you can still find points of yeah, unity. Yeah, you might have a – when you talk about the thing of what mountain are you going to die on, I'm thinking that, you know, you might have a really strong conviction about something. You might have a gift of faith in a certain area. And, you know, I'm just thinking about Jericho, about walking, about marching around the walls of Jericho and the conviction that we are going to – we are going to continue. We are going to doggedly walk, keep marching around this thing and keep doing yep. what we're doing until we see the, the breakthrough yep. because this is the mountain we're going to die. This, yep. we, we are here. We're not going anywhere. Nothing yep. is going to no, move me from right. this. We stay, we stay in the course. You see that in, you see that in the, the rebuilding of the wall, uh, of the walls of Jerusalem. Yep. You know, that, that the commitment to, well, he's, I'm, I'm, he's my place on the wall. Yep, I'm not getting off the wall, Nehemiah I'm not said. getting off the wall, Nehemiah yep. said. And so I think, you know, that will be about our, our – our, where our faith is, what God has for us. That will be um, thinking about Michael Hyatt's book on free to focus. That's on the thing of what, what wakes you up in the morning. Yep. What's the thing that you can't let go of? You know, determining that and going. This is what I. This is what I want. And I, I, I think you know that, that they're good things to get. They're good things to understand. Will I? Will I die on this hill? And there's other things. A lot of things that will be open handed. They will be open handed. Well, even I would go further. There's two questions that come to mind as you say, Matt. Two questions is worth asking yourself as you as we wrap up this podcast, I guess, is first of all, if you are going to die on a mountain, the next question to ask yourself is what does dying on that mountain look like? Mm. Uh, because does dying on that mountain mean that you will fight tooth and nail to uphold it? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and, and that, that's right. That might work be out what it's going to look that, like. What dying looks like. That might be okay. You might go, oh, no, I have to fight this battle. I have to wage this war. I might be left here on my own. Uh, that's right, like Shema <laughs> in the field. You know, you might have to just stand there in the field of lentils and say, I'm going to stand my ground. It might be that. But dying also can be can actually be a passive thing, not just an active thing. Mm-hmm. So it's not always fight. There might be a time to fight, but there might be other times like Rosa Parks mm. who she just decided she didn't fight. She just no. didn't get up. Yeah. And she was prepared to suffer the consequences of a society that uh, that was going to throw her in jail but was a, instrumental in starting the American Civil Rights Movement. But her dying looked very different to um, let's let's wage a terrorist war, war against the white mm. supremacists. Mm. It was more around, no, I'm going to do passive, you know, I'm going to be passive in my dying. I'm going to be, what did Martin Luther King call it? Um, you know, civil disobedience. Mm. And I think so you, you find out what you're – because there are going to be there are going to be mountains where our society is going to say that you're a bigot for dying on or whatever. Yeah. So what does it look like it for you? Will be unpopular at times. There will be, and Jesus said that. So um, he said I, that. I, I was reading the other day about how he said to the disciples when he called the apostles, and then you know it goes into the bit about how he says, "I'd never really seen it this way before," but how he says, you know, basically get ready for here comes the challenges now. Yes. And uh, are you ready to die? Are you ready to die now? Are you That's ready to right. lay everything down? Are you ready for? Are you ready to? Are you ready for this? Yep. And uh, you know, sometimes there will. Well, I think for all of us, there'll be a there will be a, there is a laying down and a taking up of our cross. Totally laying down our life, taking up our cross. So we have to be prepared to die to, to things at times. Yeah, and we need to know what that looks like. Yeah, is that active? Is that passive? It's both, and both it's, can. It's easier to be liked by people and to be popular. It's harder mm-hmm. to walk a narrow road where. People don't agree mm. with us. People think we're small-minded. People think we're just, you know, this or that. So how can we do that? Is there a way mm. to do that where we just embrace that and we fight against it or is there a way to go, well, we're going to love people regardless and mm-hmm. and each each pastor, each team, each church is going to have to make that decision. I'm not here to tell you yeah. what. I mean, we've wrestled with this. I know my convi- – I'm open to change my convictions but I know where I sit at the moment as a as a lead pastor in, in you know, 
as a theological teacher on this stuff and what mm. I, what mountains I'll die on and how I'll die on them, I know that, and I'm open to change. And I'm not here to tell you what your mountains are or how you should die on them, but I would say um, I would say it's worth having that conversation and thinking that through. What does it look like for you? Because here's a few things. I mean, you can you can when you're handling persecution when it's coming against you, you've got a few different things. You can you can bunker down and just say let's just withdraw and not engage at all and let's just hold on till Jesus comes back and the world's a dark place. You can do that. Um, you can yield to, as I said, you can yield to the values of the world. I don't think that's healthy either. You can, you can fight back. You can antagonistically fight back. You can, you can declare, you know, you can have a, get on your soapbox. There might be times to do that. There may, maybe, maybe not times to do that. You got to work that out. Um, what does it look like for you to represent Christ well in that moment, in that situation? So the last question I would say is, after saying what does dying look like, I would say what does love look like? Mm. And in COVID I put together a, a message um, based around Acts 15 and it was to do with the tension around vaccination and all that kind of stuff. And I was basically saying what does love look like mm. for you to ask that question and for each of us, what does it look like to love our enemies? What does it look like to love those who disagree with us? Mm. Uh, is there a way in which we can still love a person who we even may vehemently disagree with that. Can you have a prosecutor and a defence lawyer in the same connect group or can you have a... Wonderful. Uh, Good can thought. You, <laughs> yeah. Can you have a... A Labor person and a Liberal person yeah, in the someone same... someone opposite side of politics. Yes. Can we Can we have that? Because this is getting back to what you're right, what the early church was about. It's like there are polar opposites here. But Jesus, had, Jesus, Jesus had a zealot and a tax collector. Yeah. You cannot get more That's polar right. opposite. And he had them in his 12 or three this years. Is so good. Yeah, so, I love it. So there yeah. has to be a way to do that. I mean, I don't think that was an accident that Jesus chose someone who was in, in league with the Romans and someone who was basically killing the Romans mm. in the same mm. group. Mm. That shows me mm. that there is a way to do this, folks. Right. And it has to, I would have loved to have been in some of those conversations. Yeah, absolutely. But it shows me that there is a way to do this. If we can be thoughtful, gracious, mm. kind, but know what our convictions are and why they are there. And, and I'm happy to chat. You know, I've thought through this. We've got some other resources. We, I'd love to chat with you about this. I just think that as time goes on, this cultural moment is going to demand this of us. We cannot bury our head in the sand mm. and not and continue to think that issues of gender and sexuality and politics and, and COVID and, uh, you know, the list goes on and on and on of social issues, uh, rich, poor, immigration, uh, disability, all of these things are coming to a head and we cannot bury our head in the sand and think that they aren't there. So how do we address it in a non-partisan, non-political way but help people to think critically, think biblically and help them? To, it's a discipleship issue to me that if we, if we aren't discipling people in how to have these conversations in their workplace and with their family members, we're doing them a disservice. Mm. So I would think I don't want to, as a pastor, I don't want to tell people what to think. I don't mind if people ask me, I'll say, this is what I think and why, but I'm going to give you the dignity of you wrestling for yourself. And if you come up with a different perspective to me, I respect your dignity in that. I'm happy to have an open conversation, but let's create safety where you're welcome to have a different opinion to me. Uh, you're welcome to push back against my views. I embrace that. I welcome that. I'm not mm. threatened by that. Mm -hmm. If we can create that culture, we are doing something that our society is not doing. Mm -hmm. I'm, I think it's very rare that anywhere in our um, socio-political platform in society we are allowing people the dignity of healthy debate. Yeah, so true. And I think about the scripture that says that um, you can have a form of um, religion without the power. Yeah. And when we have power, 
uh, when we were when we were inviting the Holy Spirit to come and bring us, uh, you know, show us the way and bring us power and bring us revelation and and uh, direct and guide us in in love, then, you know, it takes away that that form of godliness, that Correct. form of religion, that form. And I don't want a dead form. No, I want to live by the power of by the power of the gospel, Amen. by the power of Jesus. We want that. Amen. Yeah. All right, well, we'll leave it there. Thank you. All right, thanks for being with us. And, uh, yeah, I mean, probably if we've opened a can of worms there, apologies, but we're happy to chat with you and uh, keep, you know, reach out to us on the socials if there's anything there that uh, you'd like to talk through more. Hopefully I haven't scared you off, but um, I just think we need to be talking about this stuff and finding a way forward if we're going to disciple people um, in the 21st century. So we'll talk Exciting to you times. on the next episode. Exciting indeed. <laughs> All right, see you soon, see everyone. You. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Ministry Matters podcast. Hey, if this podcast has been an encouragement to you or you think it could be to others, we'd be so grateful if you'd share it with your friends on the socials. So before you head back into your day, if you could take a moment to like our Facebook and Instagram pages and share them with your friends, that would be awesome. You can find us by searching at Ministry Matters Podcast, all one word. And one last thing that just helps the podcast algorithm to work for us, we'd really appreciate it if you could take a minute to rate and review our podcast. Be sure to click that follow button wherever you listen to your podcast so every new episode will be loaded straight to your device. And for those of you watching on YouTube, be sure to hit that subscribe button and ring the bell so you know when a new episode drops. All the links you need are in the show notes. So thanks so much for being with us today and we look forward to talking to you in the next episode.